1: real life radio is a service of river city community church
0: grace and peace to you and welcome to real life radio with pastor sean azaro of river city community church in san antonio texas a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full that's what jesus said in john 10 10 and we continue in a series called do over with a message called a vision do over do you have a vision for your life are you where you thought you would be Pastor Sean has some help and hope on the way if you want to be on the right path. This is Real Life Radio.
1: Our series is called Do-Over, and we've learned that we actually can have a serious do-over because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Because of his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection, conquering death, we actually can have a fresh start. We can experience a do-over, and it's transformative. We saw last time, every do-over starts with a thirsty heart. Remember Zacchaeus? And he just had a thirsty heart to do something crazy because he had to hear from Jesus. He had to get to Jesus. That's the heart that experiences a do-over because that's the heart that will follow Jesus no matter where. Okay? Now, I want to talk a little bit about a do-over vision. I have to tell you, I've been excited about this talk because I want to suggest that there are a lot of us in this room who maybe need to pause and take a look at our life vision. How are we doing? Are we on track? It's interesting that we're doing this talk on Mother's Day because, quite frankly, I was shaped by a mother's vision. My mom, when she found out I was going to be in the ministry, she just saw Billy Graham. And my boy next Billy Graham, that's what it is. Mm. You think I'm kidding. And it didn't matter what any of us did. She saw greatness in her kids, bottom line. And if you saw pictures of us or could take a little videos of us back then, you'd be like, wow, that woman had supervision or something but she did she saw the potential for greatness and can i tell you something your mom did too most likely your mom did too moms have these lenses these weird greatness lenses and my question for us is this morning what if they were right what if god created us for something significant what if we've settled i want to take us to a passage of scripture if you have your bibles turn to genesis chapter 28 I want to look at someone who had what I will call a vision do-over. They really did. They were an adult, and they saw an entire change, of course, because of God's vision that he had for them. I want to look at the life of Jacob for just a few moments. Jacob's story is interesting because it really starts out kind of uh, shady, if you will. An overzealous mother... And an ambitious son. You remember, God had told Rebecca when she was pregnant, You're going to have two children, and the older will serve the younger. That's unusual, because in the biblical patriarchal system, the oldest son took on not only the resources, but the responsibility for the family, became the leader of the family. It's just the way it was done. And for Rebecca, it was going to be different, and God told her this. Well, you remember the story. She gets Jacob when it comes time. Isaac, her husband, is about to bless the older son, Esau. They deceive him. They fundamentally cheat Esau. They deceive Isaac so that he will mistakenly bless Jacob. But once that blessing's given, it's sacred. It can't be taken back. And you're like, well, but that's what God wanted, right? I want to suggest to you, God wanted the older to serve the younger. That's what God said. I don't think God wanted them to violate his principles to get his will accomplished. And I think that's just a great lesson. I don't think God ever wants us to violate his principles to get his will accomplished. With Father, the ends never justify the means. And you're like, but but this isn't the Bible. Can you say that? Sure I can. God shows us the victories and the failures. And while, yes, God did use that, I want to suggest had they just waited on the Lord, God would have brought his plan about. He always does. That's why he gets to be God and we don't. And you just stop and think, how many times do I try to get my hands in there and God gives us something, gives us a I'm going to go ahead and make it happen. And then we end up having to spend all this time undoing. Well, that's what happened in Jacob's life. He had to spend some time, I think, undoing some of the things that had been, happened through the way they brought this about. Now, we're told that Jacob left Beersheba and he set out for Haran. He was actually going to stay with some relatives and find a wife. And on his way, we're told, he stopped for the night, and he had a dream. He saw this stairway that was going from earth, and the top was in heaven. The angels of God were ascending and descending. So he's almost like he sees this door open, and he sees heaven and this stairway where the two worlds were interchanged. And then in verse 13, we read, there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you're lying. Your descendants will be like dust on the earth, and you will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. All people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I'm with you and will watch out, uh, will watch over you wherever you go. I'll bring you back to this land. I'll not leave you until I've done what I promised you. So he gives him this vision that he identifies himself. I am the God of your forefathers, your grandfather Isaac, and your uh, your grandfather Abraham and your father Isaac you've heard about me but as of yet jacob you and i haven't done business and then he gives him this vision he makes promises i'm going to provide for you i'm going to bless you i'm going to protect you he shows him this blessing that's going to happen when jacob awoke from his sleep he thought surely the lord is in this place he knew what had happened it wasn't gee what did i eat what caused that no he knew this was god god was in this place and i was not aware of it he was afraid that, that tells you something. He understood what was at work here. He was afraid. And he said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, he took the stone that he had placed under his head and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Beth-El, which means the house of God, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow. Listen to his response to this vision. If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey... I'm taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear. In other words, provision, so that I return safely to my father's household protection. Then the Lord will be my God. There's the vow. And the stone that I set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. He initiates the tithe, which was the biblical way of establishing God. It's all yours. I bring it under your authority. So he responds to this vision, and he gives himself to the vision. And we have to understand what happened. God gave Jacob a vision greater than himself. When Jacob was seeking the birthright, you need to understand, we sometimes think, well, well did Jacob understand? Did he? Maybe, maybe not. Jacob, really, every indication we have, Jacob was out for the privilege and the blessings that came with the birthright. And that's it. He wasn't necessarily looking for God's thing. He was looking for his thing. And he got it. And all of a sudden, God gives him a vision that's a heck of a lot bigger than his enrichment, his agenda. I'm going to suggest to you, vision has power. Because you see Jacob's response, vision always has power. And I want to ask you something this morning. I want this to be very active. What vision has God given you? Stop and think about it. What dreams What vision? I'm not talking about grandiose things that we kind of make up for ourselves. You know, I want to be a quadribillionaire. You know, and that's what I'm talking about, okay? What dreams or visions has God given you? Things that you've kind of had that sense. You know, when you're, you're praying about something or you see something or you're dreaming about something, you're imagining what could be, and all of a sudden God begins to say, you know what, I want to do that in you and you just know something's going on, something's happening. What are the visions that God has given you? Could you articulate them? Maybe they've, so long ago, you've forgotten them. Maybe you haven't thought about it. Maybe you've kind of given up, well, I've got to be practical, I've got responsibilities, i kind of got got to do what i got to do, so I don't have time for the vision of the Lord in my life. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. You know, the King James says, where there's no vision, the people perish. But that literal translation is unrestrained. It's like a river with no banks. It ceases to be a river because it's just now a flood. It's unrestrained. It's aimless. People without vision are aimless. They're just being carried along by whatever force happens to be the strongest at the moment. If it's financial need, if it's pressure from people, if it's a need to, for whatever, it's just it, whatever forces is the greatest becomes the one that kind of carries me along this meandering journey instead of a God-inspired, God-given vision that brings crystal clarity and white-hot passion to every single day. Helen Keller said, the most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight but has no vision powerful quote from a blind woman and it's really true because you can't follow what you can't see stop and think about it think about how have you ever kind of come along and just kind of woken up and said how did i get here you know i set out to be there and and i and i end up here and it doesn't feel right you can't follow what you can't see see a vision is a picture of the future as it's supposed to be and it leads us forward. And I want to suggest we all have one of one kind or another. It may or may not be God's vision. We all have a vision or something. If we stop and think about it, if we back away and really think about it, there is something that we're moving towards. It may be no more significant or lofty than I just want to make it through the week. I want to, get, I want to be comfortable. I want to not have financial pressure. Whatever it is, we all have something. It's an important question to ask. Okay, what is this vision that I'm moving towards? And where did it come from? Where did this picture of the future come from? And who is it who's painting that picture? Because God has a vision. And I want to suggest to you that as followers of Jesus Christ, as believers, we have to decide whether we recognize that his vision is the greatest gift in our lives and will lead to joy, blessing, fulfillment, effectiveness like we can't imagine. Or do we think kind of our own visions better?
0: We want to take a quick minute to remind you You're listening to Real Life Radio With Pastor Sean Azaro Of River City Community Church In a series called Do Over If you'd like to hear this full, unedited message It's available right now As a free download At the River City website called Reallife.org Just look for the sermon link And if you think you'd like to come visit River City Well, here's an invitation from Pastor Sean
1: Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to take just a moment and invite you to experience Saturday nights at River City. This new 5 p.m. service will be an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the real life that God designed us for. River City is located on Lookout Road right across from Atama Park with entrances on both Lookout and Evans Road. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is called reallife.org. To find out more about Saturday nights or our Sunday services, go to reallife.org. We hope to see you soon on the road to real life.
0: Welcome back as we return to a message called a vision do over. This is real life radio.
1: Let's head back to Jacob for a little bit. Jacob is about to learn an exceptional truth. And I want you to kind of make note of this. If you're taking notes, just jot this in the margins there. Receiving a vision and realizing the vision are two very different things. Receiving a vision and realizing that vision are two very different things. Jacob has received a vision and he's, he's given himself to it and he's fired up. But actually realizing that vision is going to take something else. Because you have to understand, this whole thing of Jacob, this deception, this kind of pattern, he's the same, he's, he's the same kind of person after this vision as before this vision. His name means one who supplants or deceiver. See, Jacob has a past that he has to be dealt with. He has to decide, is he still going to be that person, or is this different vision going to lead him to be a different person? Now, remember, he goes among his mother's people to find a wife, and he meets Uncle Laban. You got to read this story in Genesis. We can't go over it this morning, but it's pretty awesome, because Uncle Laban, if Jacob is kind of sly and a little deceptive, okay, he's, he's a first-year kind of freshman okay uh uncle laban is like a phd in deception okay he is far more deceptive more sly than jacob could ever dream of being and basically long and short 14 years of deceit and exploitation are what jacob experiences at the hand of uncle laban and yet what's interesting is god blesses him he actually becomes quite wealthy laban is frustrated as he watches god continue to bless jacob just like he said he would After 14 years, Jacob says, Enough, and he starts to head back home from Uncle Abel. He has a family now, a large family. Head back home, and he discovers on his way that he's going to meet his brother Esau. You remember the one he cheated out of the birthright? And it's not just Esau, Esau has 400 men with him, and he's coming to meet him. And Jacob freaks out, as you might expect. Is Esau going to kill me? Is he still angry? Now the whole meeting ends in a wonderful reunion. Jacob doesn't know this yet, though. It's all part of God's plan for Jacob. The fact is it ends really well, but right now Jacob is facing his past, who he has been, and again God shows up. And this is really interesting. This is one of the most unusual passages in Scripture. Flip over to Genesis 22. I want you to see this in your own Bible so you don't think I'm making this up. Okay? Because I know sometimes you're like, he's making it up. No. It's, you, I want you, that's why you've got to have your Bible. Genesis 32, verse 24, Jacob has sent his family away. He's going to soon meet Esau, and he is left alone. And we're told, and the Bible's so blunt. Listen to what it says. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Doesn't tell us who the man is. Did he just show up? Did he jump out from a bush? Did Jacob fall asleep again? Did this happen? It just says a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw he could not overpower him or cause him to concede, He touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go It is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not go unless you bless me. That's the first clue to who the man is. Jacob understood this to be a messenger of the Lord, an angel, or a manifestation of the Lord in some expression. He knew this was no ordinary man. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. He replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him and he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Now just stop and let's just establish. He wrestled with God why God chose to work this way why God chose to communicate and express his way to Jacob we don't know he doesn't tell us but he did Jacob wrestled with God and he leaves with two distinct things he leaves with a limp it says he continued to limp the rest of his days he leaves with a limp and he leaves with a new name fundamentally I want to say to you after that encounter something has happened to Jacob and he's not the same He is different from that day forward. I think sometimes we need to recognize when we encounter God, when we enter in, that we we will never be the same. God doesn't leave us the same. We understand how we say God loves us and accepts us how we are. He does. But the fact is he loves us enough not to leave us that way. And this is his process with Jacob. He wrestles with him. He wounds him on his hip something representative of this struggle the striving that jacob has made a lifestyle that god says no no no, not anymore and he touches him and wounds him but he blesses him and gives him a new name if you're taking notes i want you to write this down because this is really significant the foundation of a new vision is a new name The foundation of a new vision is always a new name. See, I think a lot of us get hung up right here. We're not sure we want a new name. I want God's vision because it seems pretty cool. I want God's blessing because that's awesome. I want his protection. I want his provision. I want all the promises. I don't know about this new name thing because that is kind of big. And I definitely don't want my interaction with God to wound any area of my life Be it my pride, my self-sufficiency, my tendency to kind of try to bring God's things around through my own efforts and my own means, even if they shortcut every now and then. I don't want any of that stuff wounded, and I definitely am not sure I want a new name. What's wrong with my old name? What's wrong with the name Jacob? Well, it had become synonymous with deceiver. And God says, I'm going to give you a new name. And Jacob's new name addresses three questions that every one of us are going to face as we consider giving our life to a vision bigger than ourselves. The first question is very simply, who are you? Who are you? It's called the question of identity. Jacob needed a new identity, fundamentally. And I want to suggest that is true for every single one of us when we come to Jesus Christ and become followers of him. And if we're actually going to realize the life he created us for, and the vision he has, we're going to need a new identity. I met with a couple just this last week, Lori and I did. This is a couple who went through a horrible experience that ended in divorce. Married couple that became so lost somewhere in their relationship. This is a great couple, great family. Things were were breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, and they got divorced. It shocked all of us. It got to the place where she just left, and here this family that we knew and loved was shattered. Well, God did an amazing work, and as we sat with this couple this last week, they each shared about what kind of led them to that place for her particularly, some of the unique issues that they had in their marriage, which were significant, but not totally unusual, they were just stuff. But they spoke to and they wounded an area in her identity. You see, she'd had issues being raised and the identity issues and these things that her husband would do innocently enough would ding her identity because she was still living in that old identity. Turns out when, when asked that he said the, some of those things he was doing, there were control issues, there were things, and they were based out of his sense of identity and needing to perform, needing to continually push the envelope. And I have to tell you, God brought them to a place, brought her to a place where she reached the end of her rope and did an amazing miracle in her life. And I sat and listened to that couple. I sat and listened to them tell me how God has totally transformed them and it all centers to this idea of identity. She sat and shared, I realize I am accepted and I am loved by him and I realize in his eyes I'm precious. I I I feel the love of God in a way that is different than I've ever felt it before. And he said, I realize I don't need to push, I don't need to control because I'm accepted. I don't need to constantly be competing, competing, competing because... I'm accepted in him and to sit and see how in love they are and to see what God has done and within the next month David and Yvonne Kishi are going to be remarried and that is such an answer to prayer this is a great family who God has done a miraculous work I asked their permission to share that story knowing what I'm going to talk about because it all centered on identity and I mean I have, they, are, they are being honest How many of our issues struggle with, are are rooted in our identity issues? Stop and think about it. How many of the things I do that I later go, why did I do that? It's because of an identity issue. Because I needed to assert myself. I needed them to know the truth. I needed them to understand, no, no, this is an identity issue. The new name that Jacob was given was all about identity. See, Ephesians 5.8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. You're different now. You have a new identity. You're different. Be different. Colossians 3, 9 and 10. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the, in the image of its creator. You have a new self. Stop lying to yourself about who you are. Do you understand how many lies we kind of just swallow and accept every single day about who we are? Before you're ever going to be able to realize the vision God has for you, you have to stop believing those lies. You have to recognize your new identity in him. The lie, I'm unloved. The truth is, I'm a beloved child of God. John 1, 12 says, as many as received unto them, he he gave the right to become the children of God. You are his beloved child. You're the child of a king, the scripture says. The lie is, I'm just common. The scripture says, no, 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 you're royalty. In Christ, you are royalty. 1 Peter 2, 9, we're a royal priesthood. The lie is, I'm powerless, what could I do? The truth is, I am power filled, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The lie is, I'm condemned, I've blown it, I can never overcome it. The truth is, you are forgiven, Ephesians 1, 7. We have forgiveness in him. The lie is I'm useless. What could I offer? 2 Timothy 1.9 says you're called. That's the truth. The lie is I'm useless. The truth is I'm called. The lie is I'm defeated. The truth is I am victorious. Romans 8, 31 and 32. In fact, since we landed on Romans 8, I have a homework assignment for you because Romans 8 is like one little deal of your identity, okay? You read Romans 8, you will understand your identity. So you have homework this week. Read Romans 8. You going to do your homework? Four of you, yeah. The rest of you, come on! Jeez! You're like, there is no way I'm reading that. Come on, it's one chapter in the Bible. You read Romans eight, you will get a crash course in your new identity. You'll realize you are forgiven. You'll realize you're free. You'll realize you're filled. You are sons and daughters of the King. You are overcomers. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, and it's all truth, literally gospel truth.
0: Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Do Over. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message all over again, and this series. It's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. See all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.